And we are back for the last time, lifers. This interview is being conducted just under a week after Influence Orbis. We were going to do this interview the day of, but we had to run. So now we're catching back with our last guest, which was the host, uh, the organizer of the whole event, Thierry Landau. Welcome back to the FML podcast, Thierry. Thanks for having me, guys. You guys are the truth, man. You guys are soldiers. You made it all the way from Montreal. Uh, you, you you went nomad on that ass, and you guys brought the equipment. We really did actually, right? Literally went nomad on that ass, and and you know what? Value, pure value, and then good comments. I got a lot of good comments from a lot of people you guys interviewed, so I'm excited about hearing that interview. It's it's good that we uh, that people actually remember. That was a uh, that's surprising. Well, not surprising. I mean, Why? no, surprising is the wrong word. It's. Um, I don't know. It's humbling. It's cool. Yeah, humbling is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we didn't prepare. Well, we prepared for the interviews. We just didn't think. We thought it would be on the go. And then we got to sit down and people actually came out of their way to come sit with us. So it was cool. Did you guys we, tell me you guys got that question? What? That Charlemagne the God question on. We got it, but on mobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. man. Yeah. For yes. those of you guys who don't know, <laughs> FML Podcast brought to you by two talented young brothers. They got... A question. They got it in, like they say. Charlemagne <laughs> the God, C T G, answered the question. Could you guys revisit that question? Because I thought it was a pretty cool. Yeah, interview. I think the question I I asked was throughout the years because I personally started following Charlemagne way before before he was well. mainstream. Yeah. Uh, like when he was with before he got with uh, I was gonna say Angie Martinez, but the Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams. Uh, when he got with Wendy Williams, obviously, to me, he was on the big platform at that time. Yep. And he was also doing this thing with uh, Lil Duval. I forgot what it was called. Mm -hmm. That's I true. I forgot about that. That I used yeah. to watch all the time on War Star Hip Hop. <laughs> Ask Freddie, I had this thing every day. I used to go home <laughs> and load about 10, 12 episodes of yeah. World Star and watch them one after the other. And he, he was one of those. Yeah. And after that, obviously, he became official to everybody else when he got on The Breakfast Club. Yep. So I asked him, we've watched your growth throughout all these years. We've seen you go from sidekick to the main guy on MTV2, on pretty much Breakfast Club. Great question. Tell us about some of your failures because we've seen you winning for so many years. Tell, tell us about some of your failures. Hi, my name is Carl. Um... I'm also a co-host of FML Podcast. If you have two minutes, we'd love to have you on the podcast. But beforehand, I'd like to ask you. I'd like to ask you. We've seen you go from co-host to the face of pretty much MTV2 or The Breakfast Club. We've seen a lot of your successes. What would you say has been your biggest failure since you started in the radio world? Biggest failure. Um. I mean, you know, I, I got a weird way of, uh, of, of, of rationalizing what you would call failure because I feel like there are no losses in life, it's only lessons. I feel like everything that I thought was a failure was actually just setting me up for a better opportunity. You know, uh, most of the times the things that I think are quote unquote failures now, I don't think it's a failure if I learned from it. You know, I guess, I guess, you know, recently with the Breakfast Club, when, um, you know, like when you got moments like the, the when I played the Floyd Mayweather audio with him reading, like that wasn't a good moment for me, because I just felt like I was, I was really doing that for all the reasons I don't do things, which is ratings, yeah. views on YouTube. Like I just knew that was gonna make noise, so that, so that wasn't, that wasn't good. Or like, you know, when, when Little Duvall was recently on, he made. His comments about the transgender community, I wish I would have edited that out because that didn't benefit anybody. It didn't benefit the Breakfast Club. It didn't benefit Duval. It didn't benefit the transgender community. So I, I wouldn't call any of that failure though because I learned from all of those things. Like, you know, I feel like all of those things made me a better radio personality and a better person. So I feel like as long as you're learning from your so-called failures, they're not really failures. Like, they're, they're, they're lessons. Like anything you learn from, anything that ultimately makes you better, I I can't consider it a failure. I, I've been fired four times in radio. I needed that. I needed all of that to make me a better person, and I needed that to continue to be who I am now. Because 
I could have easily conformed a long time ago. I had program directors tell me, you got too much of an opinion. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have this much of an opinion. So I would literally be getting fired, but I would come back every time and just be me. And I paid the cost to be me on a bigger scale because when Power 151 hired me in 2010, they knew exactly who they were getting. They knew exactly what I was about. They knew exactly what I was going to do and what I was going to bring. And they wanted that. So being that they, 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 they enabled that and they, they let me do what I do, it's worked. But that wouldn't have happened if I had conformed after the second firing. Like, yo, I'm tired of getting fired, man. I got to start just saying the time and temperature and, you know, saying what song is up next instead of just really being me. So... There's no failures. He's learned from every failure. So to him, it's not a failure. If, if you can learn experience. from it, then you're winning. You're still winning, which I guess is the truth because it seems like he's never failing. Yeah. Well, he no, he 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 failed a lot. Yes. It's just he he bounces back from those failures. Hey, yeah. his last what people would perceive as failure and he always repeats it. When he got fired from the last radio station That's and it. he said he went back to live with his mom <laughs> in his basement. I remember that because I was watching old. that That's interview That's with Beanie Siegel. That's oh. the interview that it happened at. Beanie Siegel came on Wendy Williams. Yep. Was it Wendy Williams? I know they were in Philly. That's yep. all I know. And it wasn't Wendy Williams. It wasn't Wendy Williams, was but he was in Philly. Philly. Yeah. And he had, he had Beanie Siegel come and Beanie Siegel was bad mouthing Jay Z the whole time. It's mm -hmm. after the Rockefeller yep. split. Yep. And Beanie Siegel was talking about, oh, Dame Dash. Yaddy, um, yaddy, yeah. Talking about Dame Dash and Jay Z. And that's when Jay Z said, I don't know why Beanie is talking because at some point he had two Bentleys. And what, when Jay Z said that, it was in Montreal because he had a show in Montreal that no. day. That day that Beanie Siegel went on Charlemagne, and he had to to address that interview in Montreal. Really? And that's when Charlemagne lost his job and had to go back to his mom base. When you say he had to interview address it, what do you mean? I didn't know. Because Beanie Siegel was bad mouthing him. Who did he address it? Like to what media? I don't know. Music Plus, whatever oh, media okay, was okay, here, okay, okay. asked him the question at the at the press conference oh, before snap. the Montreal show. Oh. And then he had, he had right, to address right, it there. Holy smokes. Right, right. so that's why, like, when we were in Toronto and I'm like, shit, I'm about to miss the flight to go watch another Jay-Z show. <laughs> and Charlemagne is right in front of me. I got it. Like, this is like almost deja vu. <laughs> Do you know that you got fired on an because of an interview that happened in my home city? <laughs> that's, I didn't know that. Yes. That's, that's yes, really... I clearly remember that. So... What was it? It's been a week about? It's been a week. Six days. Six it's, gonna, days. it's been six days. It's going to be seven days tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm still recovering. And uh, What do you mean by recovering? I compare this to a wedding. You know, anybody that's been <laughs> married, you, you, you don't get to experience your event. You're kind of doing the event. Yep. You know, when you get married, you get married for other people. That's why I hate being groomsmen. There you go. You don't, you don't experience the wedding. You don't, right? Groomsmen <laughs> are, 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 are the person, you know, the, the, even the best men sometimes feel yeah. as much stress as the groomsmen. So I, I almost feel like it's an out-of-body experience. Now I'm waiting for the footage. From what I hear, uh, the footage is great. So we have a lot of great footage. Mm -hmm. um, Toronto, was a, Toronto was a different crowd. You know, Montreal, we turn up. Toronto is really... More corporate. That's more, what I was about to say. I'd say more polite. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody are they? Yeah, to, to a certain extent, to be honest with you, Lido, Montreal, and maybe it's because it's my hometown, the love was just, whoa, something else. I'm not saying Toronto didn't show us love. I'm super happy with the experience, and, and, and we're looking forward to a second edition and, and many editions to come. But uh, their energy level is more conservative. Mm -hmm. I think that we turn up in a sense that when we like something, we let you know. When mm -hmm. we dislike something... We let you know. Toronto almost felt too polite. You okay. know what I mean? And I and I saw it with Grant Cardone. You know, even Grant was like, "What the hell, you guys? You know, you know, you guys here." Granted, Grant Cardone Came was on at eight, eight in, in the, the morning. morning. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but um, that was also on purpose. Make sure people are there. You know, it was all strategy. It wasn't a you know. It's not him that asked. I I told him that. I said I want Grant to start the conference. I want you to be the first guy. It's like, oh yeah, good. I'll fucking do it. You know, da, 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 bring some energy. Grant's a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. But the real point of Grant being first was, let me get one of my biggest name to kickstart this, to, to make sure people, people 
here you go. Okay, okay. Most people then first thing, and it worked. Were, were people there at eight o'clock in the morning? No, but by nine o'clock it was filled up. We had close to uh, 700 people. So uh, it's a good turnaround from what everybody's telling me. But when I go back from my experience in Montreal, Montreal. at 1200 people, yeah. I'm like, Damn, we missed but the bar. But then again, you, know? you being from Montreal obviously gave you a, a bigger advantage because you're at the end of the day, you're the even if you have all the, these these big guys there, you're the face of of the the, the conference, right? Well, I I, I used you're the, to, you're the promoter. You're the promoter. I'm the promoter. Yeah. That's for sure. I'm definitely the promoter. I'm the biggest fan, the biggest cheerleader of the whole movement. But I think the movement now by now has its own DNA. Okay. I think we're seeing that where we have ambassadors that are yelling almost louder than we are. Mm -hmm. uh, people that are when I have 82 people coming from Montreal to Toronto. I'm yeah, proud, that was man. pretty impressive. I'm, I'm fucking that was proud. Really I can curse on this podcast. Mm -hmm. on, Definitely. Come on. I'm kidding, right? Ready <laughs> Lido, baby. <laughs> FML podcast. Shout out. So, no, I'm, I'm super proud of having 82 people follow us to Toronto. To me, that, that screams like, we got you, mm -hmm. you know, and we appreciate the movement. And um, I'm excited to see if Toronto answers the call. Uh, Montreal is next. Paris was Ottawa? supposed to. No. No, no Toronto? Yeah, Toronto. You're gonna do in Toronto another one in Montreal again? Of course. Okay. It's a yearly, yearly thing. thing. Montreal's always gonna be yearly. Okay. Montreal's always gonna be yearly. The, the the objective was to try to do as many cities as possible and do them fast. Um, you know, when you get the production bill back for Paris, Paris was supposed to be next, and the cost to produce Paris is a million dollars. I mean, Ooh. after the, the the price of the curtains that you gave us, yeah. <laughs> I expect Paris to be Yo, expensive as fuck. You guys want to talk about like real truth? I, your boy got screwed. <laughs> I got, I got literally, they fondled my a hole. Like they, they played with my ass, and I didn't even enjoy it. At the end of the day, stay away from unions. Mm -hmm. If you're ever pulling off anything, guys, and I know some people in this room are unionized, <laughs> <laughs> won't name them. <laughs> but you know, I think that unions served a purpose back in the days. And I genuinely think there was abuse, you know, longshoremen's, fishermen's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, back in the 30s in the car industry. 2017, like, they, I don't they're know. They're abusing man. the system. Of course. You know, and, and you know what? I paid the price. I paid the price for it. And, and, and when you pay a price when you're a startup, it's usually a heavy price. Mm -hmm. And uh, it hinders the movement to come back. So mm -hmm. I, I, I'm going to use the FML platform. Actually, I'm going to send a shout out to Toronto. Toronto, we want to do a second edition and we will, but I'm going to need Toronto to show Toronto that they, the city of Toronto is already a sponsor, but go out and say loud and clear that you want to have this event. Mm. And with, that's how we're going to go back to Toronto because if not, I'm thinking about just going straight to Vancouver, doing one year Vancouver, one year Toronto. But Montreal's yearly. Montreal's really... We as got, it should. Don't you need... You, sh should. you should use a louder voice in Toronto to help you spread your message, uh, to help you promote the this event? Great point, but I'd be curious what loud voice... What other loud like voice... Like someone would, from Toronto, you mean? Like yeah, a, someone a from Toronto. No, not necessarily an artist, but someone, let's say, that is in media in Toronto. Like someone that's in, I don't know, say Toronto name. television. Like uh, T-Rex. The one that he's on uh, no, TV and whatnot. He's, he, he used to be on Much Music. He's much probably, Vibe, you mean? Much much music he was on much music mm -hmm. yep. and now he's on uh entertainment tonight or etv whatever they call it well we we almost got cabby that's Cabby. one. That's one that you, I was gonna say, uh, right? Akil Augustine that does Raptors television, but it's too basketball focused, right? But Cabby is Cabby's another. Good. He used to be on NBXL yeah. again on Raptors TV. Or at least yeah. it was basketball, Canadian basketball coverage. But yes, he he is relevant enough in Toronto. But again, it might be too sports focused. And I'll tell you what, like Montreal, one of the one of the big. Big, big, big panel that was really popular was one on sports and entrepreneurship. There you go. We had Guy, uh, Bruni Surin. We had uh, Roselyne Fillon, gold medalist. Uh, we had Etienne Boulet, you know, champion. Yeah, we, I mean, you're, we you're, didn't have the sports panel there. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no I was cutting you off. What, one of the things we wanted to do is have Jamal McGlure, right? Okay. Have mm -hmm. a retired baseball player. In Toronto? Yeah. yeah. But... Contrary to Montreal, where people say, hey, you know what? I believe in what you're doing. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, like, in Toronto, do they're but waiting for you to be popping or to be paying. Correct. That's so, what I was going to say. So it was a pretty corporate, um, although it was really good. I really enjoyed the, the panels that I saw and the keynotes. But it was a really corporate 
yeah. uh, event compared to Montreal for when I heard. Montreal, Montreal was was corporate, but it was relaxed, and mm-hmm. that's also it speaks truth. It's the culture of the city. There you go, yeah. baby. Like mm-hmm. you can't fight culture. Culture is everything. At the end of the day, that's what I love with the influence brand and what we created. I don't want influence to be what I want it to be. I always tell people, your brand is not... Like FML Podcast, if I ask you guys, tell me what FML Podcast is all about. FML Podcast is about two Haitian guys from Montreal. And no, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. It doesn't it's- matter what you think it's about. <laughs> FML Podcast is about what the listeners say it's about. Mm, you guys go out... You produce sick content. I'm a fan. I'm a listener. And whatever you guys produce, make sure you put quality out there. And whatever they receive, your audience, your crowd, your ambassadors, that's what your podcast is about. So when you tell me about two dudes, yadi, it don't matter. Mm. If I tell you influence or business about inspire, inform, shut the fuck up, Terry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, shut the fuck up. We heard it. Good. You mm. want to inspire, inform the world, and influence everybody, yeah. and you want to change world. Yeah, you want to be the next. Step. Shut up. Mm-hmm. What influence is about is whatever those 700 people in Toronto say it's about. What influence is about is whatever those 1,200 people in Montreal say it's about. So I could have the best intentions in the world. What matters is the people on the other side, the, the consumer's the perception and the reception. They dictate what your brand's about. Now, we've heard some of the union union hardships. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about the good, the bad, and the ugly of organizing a big event like that. Okay, good, we did it. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I Definitely. think that's amazing. I did in six months what nobody, and guys, I'm half black, half white, grew up in Ashlaga Maisonneuve and Saint Michel. If I could fucking do it, fuck you. You mm-hmm. can as well. Stop fucking crying. My girlfriend left me. I lost my job. Oh my God, I have a lisp. I don't want to hear no fucking bullshit. I got a lisp. Fuck you. If I did this, anybody can. Oh yeah, but Terry, it's easy. No, nothing's easy. I out-of-pocketed this whole fucking thing. So if... If this crazy fucking guy standing in front of you two guys could export an entire freaking conference, go to a city that's not mine, Mm. and literally bring our brand and produce an event where so far I'm getting people crying, people saying thank you, oh my God, Charlemagne the God. Uh, Who invites these guys? Who invites Angel Rich? That was my next question. Right? So at the end of the day, if I could do it, I genuinely believe anybody can. So the good, we did it. The bad, I, I underestimated the importance of getting solid sponsorship from Toronto before I went. Mm. Meaning, so, so they were from here? Most of you? A, a lot, lot of them, no, a lot of them were uh, from Toronto. Uh, but instead of having, let's say, 60 from Toronto, 70% from Toronto, 30 from Montreal, I should have went Pareto Law. Mm. 80% to 90% from Toronto. And then uh, last, uh, but at least 10 to 20% from here. And more importantly, having ambassadors, having the influencers, the local people from Toronto, great. But I shouldn't have shied away from my strategy, which is always start with the university where the culture happens with the kids. We're not 18 anymore. We're not 20. We're not 21. I should have went out there and gotten the universities back in August, right? When everybody's back in school. Hey, guys. I got something fucking nice coming in mm-hmm. November. So I think I missed out an opportunity to stay true to my DNA myself, where uh, that's the bad part. Missed out on that. And the ugly, the union. I'm going to go back to the union. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to the union because I can't get cabbie because the union took a lot of the money. They took mm-hmm. literally 50 to 60% of the budget. That's went to crazy. Or, That's insane. I can't get Jamal McGlure. I wanted Drake to open the conference. Straight up. You think you would have achieved that? 100%. Look at that. I don't think it's impossible. That's my next question. Keep going. Who who did I get? Yeah. Who did I get in Toronto? Yeah. Not even from Toronto. Not even from Toronto. I went to Florida, convinced Grant. I went to fucking Washington and convinced a bunch of cool people that I'm not going to say the names, but they're they're coming soon. I know. I've been (laughs) been to New York, convinced everyone. So why can't I get Drake from Toronto while I'm in Toronto? 
It's just a matter of honestly, it's it was two or three degrees of separation. Exactly. But now that is my question. Because for the common listener, yeah. hearing that a guy from Montreal that grew up in Oshlaga Maison Neuve and Saint Michel, how the fuck do you get these people to come to your conference? Hustle. Period. I hustle. I hustle. Yeah, but there's hustle and hustle. Like there, there's people that didn't even come to Toronto, and that would have been humongous. Yeah. Do you want to say the name who didn't or who didn't come to Toronto? Who didn't make it? No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> so now, because she's there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so now, learn the day. Type who's coming tomorrow to Toronto, and we'll leave it at that. She, but she didn't. Make I mean, it, but. there you just get huge names like Gary V is not easy to get. Charlemagne is not easy to get. Jamal McGlure, I know you didn't get him, but you had a possibility of getting him. 100%. You mentioned Drake. The person that we're not mentioning could have came, and that would have been like huge Shut news. Down. Yeah. So I mean. How it takes clout to get these people. How the hell do you do that? I'm not familiar with the term clout. So if you could break that one down for me, guts, courage. No, no it takes. Um, you got a lot of have a lot of pull. Yes. Okay. So a lot of pull. I'll tell you what I know about pulls, and I always tell people this. I have a ten handshake rule. I shake ten hands a day. I hug five people, so I bring them in. I shake. Hi, how you doing? I get a good vibe. Bring it in. I'm a hugger. I remember too. And I follow yeah, up. Yeah, you with have a too. pretty fucking good memory. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm deep on <laughs> that. I shake, you have a pretty good memory. I shake 10 hands a day. I bring them in for a hug, at least a five. And I will remember two of the five people. I've been doing this since I'm 21 years old. My network today is my net worth. Hundred freaking percent. And I don't want to sound tacky. Mm -hmm. Your network is your net worth. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, if I stop being an entrepreneur. I'll get a $250,000, $300,000 job guaranteed. Because so, of who you know. Period. Because the impression you've made on those people. Period. I will get a high paying job in business dev, in marketing, in some form of sales. Because I've set myself up that the people that, forget the people you fucking know, guys. Guys, this is... Take a pen and paper. You guys are tuning into the fucking <laughs> FML fucking podcast, getting those dimes. It is not who you know. It is who knows you. Mm. Rewind. That's a segment on our show. But we're going to do it on the FML podcast <laughs> show. All right? It is not who you goddamn know. It is who knows you. If you guys could remember this in your heart of heart, and it is not even what you know. I know tons of educated dude broke as a joke and broke emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Mm -hmm. It is not what you know. It is not who you know. It is who knows you. I'll give you the best example. Best example. I know Donald Trump. Donald Trump don't know me. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Point blank fucking period. Yeah. Point blank period. I'll tell you who knows me. Gary V knows me. Mm -hmm. Grant Cardone knows me. Casey Neistat knows me. Mm -hmm. Charlemagne the God knows me. And I could keep going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm not bragging. Mm -hmm. I work my ass off. That, that I nourish that relationship. I say this all the time. Entrepreneurs, and I was one for the longest time, were very transactional. I want to make money. What's in it for me? Influencers, people of it. I don't like that. I love what Casey said. I don't like the term influencers. And I agree. People of influence, people that work on nourishing their influence, and even Grant Cardone said it, you get revenue, which gets you more influence. You get more influence, which it's will get you more revenue. revenue. And then it's 10x in that whole concept. Influencers or people of influence are not transactional, they are relational. Hmm. And if you stay relational in whatever field you are, job, nine to five, entrepreneurship, watch your bank account. Watch the smile on your face when you check in to work. Mm -hmm. You nourish those relationships, and this is what I've been doing for years. So once again, it's not who you know, it's not what you know, it's who knows you. And the harder I work, luckier I get. So today, I, I have a lot of people that know me. And I not being scared to ask also, I think, is a big thing that people are going through. Like and People are always scared to ask. What's the worst case that's going to happen? Nope. Nope. I'll tell you no, that's fuck it. you, you crazy, get the fuck out of here. And then people go... Actually, not people go, but I could hear people from the FML audience. Shout out to you guys for tuning in. I could hear them say, well, that's easy. You got money. Well, I'll tell you who else got money. 
and Vancouver has tons of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> C2 Montreal got way more money than my ass. C2 Montreal has millions of dollars of production. Mm -hmm. They could get everybody I got. Mm -hmm. Easy, bro. They're not going to put that same hustle the same way. Right now, I got my hands up. <laughs> they're not going to put that same hustle the same way when they're getting on the phone. They're not pitching like me. It's not personal. The hustle is not personalized. They're not personalizing the hustle. They're not pitching like me when they're face to face. They don't care. Speaking of they're getting C paid. Speaking mm -hmm. of C2 Montreal, is there like a is there like um I don't want to say rivalry, but 100 percent no. I want C2 to buy me. Shout out to C2 buy me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. C2 a rival? C2 buy my ass. <laughs> Give me a blank check. Give me a million bucks a year, C2. Watch what I fucking create for you. Now, you said you and K Casey, as well as you, do not like the term influencer. I don't like but it. But I'm going to use it. Well, it's funny because you're, well, your movement is called Influence Orbis. 100%. But what would you say is the biggest misconception about being an influencer? Ooh, that's an amazing question. I'll tell you what. Biggest emoji. <laughs> emoji. The biggest misconception about being an influencer is you need to have big breasts or an eight-pack and take half-naked pictures on Instagram Jeez. to be a fucking influencer. And, and that's why I don't <laughs> like the term influencer. I love the term influencer if you go back to the actual word itself. Somebody of influence. Somebody that actually could impact you into positively bettering yourself. No, there's no difference, but to go back to what Lido said at the end of the day... I think that the term influencer has been tarnished by, I love my ladies, but there's just too many ladies out there that are, how do you self-proclaim yourself an influencer? Who fucking does that? <laughs> hey, mm -hmm. what do you do? I'm an influencer. What? Or I'm or a guys, boss. Or guys, yeah. Or <laughs> even guys, like not just the girls, because even guys, you talk to, hey, what do you do? I'm an influencer. Really? You know really? what I, you know what I hated? You in do the, this full time? In the, in mm -hmm. the mid-2000s, mid when a lot of rap, a lot of rap, um, Executives are coming up, a lot of grab groups, a lot of rap la labels. Mm -hmm. The word CEO. Oh, man. That was the most overused. People word want to be called CEO. CEO. CEO, and they couldn't even know what it meant. Like, yeah, so yeah. Like, CEO, what does it mean? <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know. What are you the boss? What are you I'm executing right now? Yeah, what are you executing <laughs> what, right? See, that CEO was like cornrows. It was just overdone. Mm -hmm. right? Cornrows were overdone for a while. CEOs and influencers as well. I think influencers are going to die. And when influencers get washed out, and real influencers are still relevant, I'll be proud to call myself an influencer or to have people call me an influencer. Until then, I'll stay influencer-ish. How about that? <laughs> now, where would you say you see Influence Orbis five years from now? Right now, Influence, I think the conference itself, I do genuinely believe that somebody's going to invest a lot of money in us. Um, I believe that we will disrupt enough that a bigger i'd say media or entertainment or a, a c2 montreal they're gonna say well you're 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 doing something right you're talking to a different audience c2 montreal i go every year i love c2 montreal i genuinely love c2 montreal i'm not even bullshitting they're about creativity and innovation mm -hmm. that's not what i'm about i'm about entrepreneurship and hustle I put forward people that are influential, period. And some of them happen to be influencers. I'm sorry, I just started my vlog. Shout out to the vlog. Go follow it on YouTube. Cheap, subscribe. cheap plug. Oh, man. You, he actually has I'm, someone working on video content right now. Waiting. As he's talking with us, someone is outside working on video content. And right I'm now. still waiting for you to subscribe. <laughs> your ass didn't subscribe. I didn't, I didn't even know you had a, a, a vlog. Just started it. Oh, yeah. And it is hard work, man. So some of these influencers with thousands of followers, I don't even want to take credit away. They are actually working hard. So when I say C2 is not a competition to me and where do I see influence Orbis? I think Orbis will always stay in the back because I don't want to have to explain all the time that Orbis in Latin means world and it mm -hmm. means circle. I think we're going to focus on influence conference mm -hmm. and then people could just enjoy themselves. And we're going to focus on entrepreneurship, hustle and influence. And next year in Montreal, I'd love to do 
an, the first two day event, you know, go from one day to, oh, two, to days two days and close off the day with a 21, I mean, not 21 Savage, but you know, a, a Post Malone, or I'd love to have Eventco come on board and say, Hey, did you ever think about having an artist close mm. off your thing? I would love to do that. So that I, that's I think we're going towards that. One thing I noticed about um, the Toronto experience and that I I didn't get to go to the to the Montreal one, but I noticed that there was a lot of gr- I want to call them grassroots influencers. Yeah, like really people. I guess you can call them local people or people everyday people that Brian, are, that Brock, are doing something. Brian uh, Brock Latoya, but they were a lot less than those in Toronto though. There was a lot less in no, actually that's not that's not entirely correct. Montreal had less what they call, and actually it's an actual term, believe it or not. There's what's called macro influencers, okay. and there's what's called micro okay, okay. influencers. So Montreal had a lot more micro influencers, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think micro is considered anywhere between five hundred to a thousand followers. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got tons of those in Montreal. Yo, that's crazy. Just yesterday, I was thinking about: is there a term for the 100%. for people with a certain amount of followers? Term, oh, sh- yeah. Just yesterday, I was yeah. thinking about that. And if you go to a certain level with brands, so L'Oreal, Nike, and whatever, if you have less than ten thousand followers, they still consider you micro. Mm-hmm. Above ten thousand, they consider you macro. Okay. And actually, now we're seeing that a lot Super of brands. Yeah, like Latoya, one point two million yeah. followers on YouTube. That's that's a fucking. Okay, that's huge. From Toronto. Yeah, yeah. She lives off of that. Her husband is full time living off of that as well. Like they quit their job. That's what they. Are oh, they working together? Hundred percent. Shit. So they pre- produce her, content. Actually. Yeah. So uh, her. Uh, who else? Brian. Brian lives off of this thing. You know what's funny? He's amazing. Angel man. only has two thousand followers. And, you know what? And that's and she's where, very powerful. If you want to call it. Power is influence. Influence is power. Angel is influence. So now's the time if you want to get in business with her. You got it. Angel will and I. Let me slide. You guys got her right. You guys got her. Oh my god. You guys have no idea. If you guys could tune into this entire entire show, you're gonna get gems after gems. And this woman on my dead body. I can't guarantee who's gonna be in Montreal. I could guarantee you one thing. Angel Rich will be in Montreal Mm. because that's my girl. Shout out to Angel. I love you, girl. love you, sister. And we're talking about a woman that will be, at the very least, worth $100 million in the next five to 10 years. At the very least. At the very least. Potentially a billionaire. Let me slide into those DMs. (laughs) 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 Boom. Shooting that shot. (laughs) Boom. So at the end of the day, Guys, th- th- this is a one-of-a-kind opportunity. Yeah. You got these, like, you know, these amazing, influential, visible majorities that are being put on a platform that nobody else provides. Nobody. Nobody does what we do. Mm. Nobody pushes diversity. Nobody's affordable like we are. And that's what Influence Conference is all about. That's what we're about. So um, where do you see Influence Orbis in the next five years? Shout out to Freddy that is fucking lost mm-hmm. on his own podcast. Well, you know, but you said you, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't precise five years though. You didn't, you didn't. Lito, predi- is he catching you? himself good? Did you say he's good? You got, if I had some, if I had some alcohol, I would give I you a shout. I heard when he said it, but he didn't say five years. And the question was precisely five years because okay. you have you have cities, you have okay. plans. I know that's why I wrote that question, so I know I wanted to ask so, it in the next five years. We're definitely in the States. The conference is in the States. Shout out to Charlemagne, who, uh, who is a supporter and, and, and a- actually offered to spearhead the movement. Dope. Breaking news on FML podcast. I didn't even do it on my podcast. Dope. I didn't even announce that. So Charlemagne is definitely uh, a real dude, man. Real dude. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't get real. I didn't even ask. You know, you said, don't be scared to ask. Yeah. In my opinion, their presence is my part being done as far as asking. Mm-hmm. When... They feel the value that we're doing and bringing, exactly. and they're like, "Hey, brother, how can I help you?" Maybe mm. he felt he was just coming to collect the check, and when he got there, he saw what it was, and then was like, "I can Wee. help this." Hey, <laughs> that's exactly what I feel. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Charlemagne. I hope you're tuning in. That's how you made a brother feel. Because at the end of the day, you could get a check from anybody. C two mm-hmm. could give that check. Yeah, everybody could give that check. La Chambre de Commerce could bring that check. Evenco could bring that check. The check is not why but you know what also? we got this done. He, and he noticed that you're part of the culture. Correct. On the podcast, you're going to hear it. I say, 
why are you always calling us beige brother? <laughs> I told him, I said, DJ Envy is like, he's like, as you can see, I'm a beige brother. He, and, and shout out to Charlemagne. I'm trying, waffle I'm trying to, color brothers. Yeah, beige brother, waffle <laughs> colors. He goes, uh, how about you state something that is not obvious, young man? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, getting dissed on my own podcast. But off the bat, we connected. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where Charlemagne said, hey, why wait till 2009? Because I told him, I said, he said, what's next? How, mm. how do I get involved? I said, what do you mean? Right after the show, we have a moment where we're hugging, we're, we're talking for like a good two, three minutes. And he literally like, hey, you know, hit me up. You have my digit, get pages, digits, and, and we're going to get this show started in, in, in NYC sooner than, 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 than later. So I think he gets it. You know, South by Southwest, who would have thought? Yeah, it's, that's true. <laughs> influenced that's by true. Rogers, influenced by T-Mobile. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't give a flying shit. <laughs> At the end of the day, I genuinely believe that the community we're building is stronger than me, stronger than anybody else, and it's not about the money. These people are coming for the value. So in the next five years, we're going to be in the States. We will have produced our first overseas event. It's very important for me to go to a different co- uh, continent. You, you know what I fuck with you, Terry? Because while you were on that stage, you could have kept it real corporate. You were like a lot of people switch up and you like it these becomes, questions, eh? Yeah, you like them questions. Yeah, <laughs> a lot fuck. of people switch up, and that's yeah. natural to switch up because yep. that's what you're taught all your life that you have to switch up to, to, to stay appease. conservative, exactly. But you stayed yourself, and I think through that, that's probably why he feels like he can he, he wants to fuck with you. He said, This is the best interview I've had in a long time, and, and to me, that's, that's what I told him. I told the interview was great. I'm, I'm proud of this because this is a guy that's been interviewed by. Larry King. This is a guy mm. who does interview all days. But you know what? A couple of times I said, no, nah, I'm going to go dive in. I'm going to dive into these questions. Yeah. Like, uh, do you feel an obligation to give back to the, your community as a black man? And I know these are not popular things to say at a conference mm-hmm. because there is white people yeah. and to talk about black privilege and to the, the whole thing, the whole title. And I'm glad he answered. And I'm glad he said, yes, I do have an obligation to my community, which is the black community. And, and sometimes we're scared to to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to do something that's never been done in Montreal, which is be the first fucking black descent person to go on TV based on purely his brains and his knowledge mm. of business. Fuck. I'm I not thought a, you were going to omit from saying the word business because the business matters. Acumen, 100%. Okay, okay. Right, Lido? So I'm not Gregory Schall. I mm-hmm. can't sing. I'm not an artist. I'm not an athlete anymore. So I don't want to go on TV because I'm an athlete. I'm trying to be on TV because you do kind of look like Norman Bradway a little bit, though. I <laughs> <laughs> you could be his son. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm, follow me on Instagram, all right? <laughs> I'm gonna do a poll. I'm gonna do a poll. Fucking Lido, man. I'm gonna do my ass gonna do a poll, man. I'm gonna do a poll. I'm gonna say, swipe left if you think I look like Norman Bradway. Swipe right. Actually, Freddie's gonna do it right now. Does, does this light skin ass look like Norman Bradway? But all, all this to say, like, I, I feel like uh, in Quebec, we've been here for like 70 years bringing value, doing our own thing. And every time it's like, the only way they're gonna put us on TV in French or English. Mm-hmm. Is if we're an artist or an athlete? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a business guy, man, and I think I, I think I got something to say. So shout out to Breakfast Television. To you know what I mean, Lito? So I, I'm trying to make sure that I'm crossing that mainstream so that I'm able to put my boys on, which is you guys, and say, hey, CBC, you're giving me a radio show. Oh, cool. By the way, I got a good team that would deserve a shot. <laughs> they already have a podcast. Here's their pilot. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. I view myself. I'm not an artist, but. Like all these 50 Cent and these Eminem. When one gets on, everybody gets put on. Mm. Drake got on, The Weeknd gets on. Mm-hmm. And this one gets on. And everybody gets on. And that's how I see it. And again, I don't want it to be for sports or I don't want it to be for art. I think we have business acumen. And I will sit at any table with any economist, with any fucking scholar. I don't have a master's. I have a high school diploma, and I barely made it out of CJ. Mm. All right? I took university classes, but you know what? I'm passionate. I'm autodidact. I educate my goddamn self because they tell us we can't. So I do the opposite. And today, my ass is on TV. Not because I could fucking moonwalk. Not because I could jump high. Can you moonwalk, though? 
Oh, my ass could definitely move up. <laughs> he's on TV because he's rich. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Just that kill, is so just kill nice. the whole segment. <laughs> That's that part where, like, she says, "I have AIDS," and you just get a softie. The ratchet people were sleeping, so we had to wake them up a little bit. But now uh, I want to ask you, um, before we go, <laughs> you, when we asked the question, you said uh, behind the scenes, Charlemagne asked you about us or about the question that we asked him. You said, did, did you plan this? Or when you were leaving, you asked, you told us that he asked you, did was our question planned? Yeah, yeah because I, I said that before. I said, can I just go to anybody with the questions? And mm -hmm. he said, yeah. And uh, why? Is there anything set up? I said, I have some boys that have a podcast and I'd like to make sure they squeeze in a question. It's going to be. Oh, I didn't be... even know. So yeah. I thought my question was on my own merit, but he kind of helped us. Fuck. I'm just joking. What? <laughs> merit of what? You, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting in the crowd and you're raising your hand. <laughs> like, I don't want to take it away from you. I did the same thing for Casey Neistat and mm -hmm. uh, Nali Augustine, which I think you guys got on the podcast. Mm -hmm. yep. Big fan of Nali. Uh, always support her. I, I This definitely guy knows everyone that we got on the podcast. Yeah, I believe in putting her on. And I, that's what I did. When, when Nali was there, I told Casey, hey, Casey, by the way, first question, I really wanted to be a good friend of mine. He's like, all right, don't worry about it. Describe her to me. I said, logically, she's going to be in the first rows. Uh, you know, Asian chick, Filipino. Uh, you know, she went through this. She went through, so I briefly explained it to him. And lo and behold, you know, first question he asks, you know, oh, I want to make it boy, girl, boy, girl, girl, boy, mm -hmm. girl, whatever. You, you look cool. Da, 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 da. So he, he kind of followed, you know, uh, and that's what's cool. These guys, they're humans as well. Just, mm -hmm. they, they, they listen up. You, and You guys pick the right. Yeah, right man, we're not dealing with douchebags, exactly, you know. I mean, the event was great, man. We're very thankful that you invited us. We're very thankful that you helped us and you're still helping us and whoever else is doing the same thing as us or as you. You're trying to put people on, kind of like Charlemagne tries to do in his in his own right, right? And, and the universe is working for us. And I'll tell you guys what, to, to everybody's listening... The FML podcast showed real support. And I'll tell you what we need. We need more of these guys in our community, in Montreal. And I'll tell you why. They bought a ticket. For all you fuckheads mm. out there that might think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this it. way up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They bought a ticket and, and, and they showed support. When you say that you got power, guys, you guys could vote with your dollars. So you stop going to the Chinese stores and you ladies buy your hair from China. Go to black stores. You want to support people, support black black businesses. That's how you vote. That's how you cast your vote. Doesn't mean you don't deal with white people. That's not what I'm saying to you guys. What I'm saying to you guys is these brothers standing in front of you right now, they're saying thank you. I'm saying thank you. And I'm looking at you guys mm -hmm. in the eyes because uh, the movement is a bit more uh, popular because you guys were there. But you paying that ticket makes a difference. And I got so many bloodsuckers calling me saying, I want free ticket, I want free ticket. When I got my boys that take the time to support, I will forever put you guys on. And and even before that, I think you guys got the sense that I was I was a fan. And mm -hmm. you know, I genuinely appreciate mm -hmm. you guys. But now we're, we're, you guys are fucked. You got me in your life. Got <laughs> <laughs> no fucking choice. We welcome you on the podcast. I think, I, think started, you I think we started a media trend then, the, the way we set up last time. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said that he think he thinks that now you're probably gonna put a section for people to do exactly <laughs> what we created for our own self. I'm just mad that I didn't put the camera in the right angle, but we found the corner where we set up our shop and we interviewed the people, oh, and amazing. now. Well, watch, people. watch Montreal. I got, I got something set up for. I got a couple. As long as we got a spot for us, if you make a section like that, just make sure you give watch. us the best spot within that spot. Watch. I'm gonna I'm I'm do better. I'm gonna give FML Podcasts an opportunity to have their own micro little thing within Influence. That's what Influence is all about. And shout out to anybody listening right now. If you guys take the time to approach them and give them sponsorship dollars, we're gonna have a little surprise for y'all. Whoever go. supports FML Podcasts. And I'll know. So don't fucking write me and say, oh, I'm supporting them. No, 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 no. They're going to tell me this one and this one and this one's been supporting. Whoever sponsors them until May. So it's going to be in May 2018. We're going to have a special thing for the audience. We're going to do giveaways for sure for that. I'll be back, hopefully. And, and more importantly, they're going to have a specific place within the event where they'll be, uh, they'll be doing the podcast. And they're going to hijack... Uh, 
the Influence Podcast. This I think like, I'm going to have you guys do the, the guest uh, hosting appearance. This is like with a, some a Oprah. A free car. And <laughs> you get a car. You get a car. <laughs> so guys, stay, stay tuned for this. And, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. Um, really appreciate it, man. And before I tune out, sorry, I'm speaking in two weeks. Actually, in, I'm speaking in less than a week. Shout out to the Michael Jean Foundation. And I appreciate being recognized. Mm. Uh, the first ever Black Canadian Summit in Toronto. Three-day event, uh, December 4th, 5th, and 6th. I'm trying to show that, you know, I'm going to be there with France Saint-Elmy. Shout out to France. He was picked by the Michael Jean Foundation. And uh, I'm going to put... I'm going to hit him up for an episode. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to shine light on, on... We're doing good things here, man. We're doing great things in Montreal. So it's not... You know, when we talk about black culture, a lot of people talk about Halifax, Nova Scotia, Toronto. And we always forget like, oh yeah, Montreal happens to have a little bit of uh, black and diversity. So Shit, we got I, a lot. We got a lot. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there uh, in two weeks if you guys want. I think tickets are sold out, but... Again, go on the vlog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I will be vlogging and videotaping the whole thing. One last thing. I know you're about to go, but I'm I'm going to steal two, two, three more minutes of your time. Ahead, This brother. morning, you were on BT television, Breakfast, Breakfast television. television. Shout out to Rogers. And you were relaying a message that people need to be aware of Good point. from between now and January 1st. Can you tell some of our audience, some of home some are homeowners so yeah. let them know what you were sharing this okay, morning so on tv by now by now by now <laughs> <laughs> right now right now a lot of people are unfortunately not talking about this enough but on january 1st 2018 the federal government is passing a law which is basically a stress test that's going to be at large for everybody else so everybody is sorry in canada right now in canada about 10 of people 15 to 10 of people buy their properties cash that's it And that 15, 15% to 10% of people all over Canada yo. that buy. That doesn't mean that 35 million, 3.5 million people buy cash. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It means the buyers, right? Mm -hmm. And of this, it's biased by a lot of foreigners. Okay. So a lot of foreign buyers. So I think the real stat of Canadians buying cash is probably around 4% to 5%, mm -hmm. right? So anyways, all this being said, that means 90% of us are going to be impacted by that law on January 1st, which means... No, you said us. Of us, all yeah. of us. And that means me exactly. included, right? <laughs> so if you qualify, and we'll take a simple example, you qualify for 500,000 right now today, you got a pre-qualification, you're like, hi, you're flaunting that pre-qualification at the barbecues, you've been dragging that pre-qual, uh, neglecting going on visits with your real estate broker. As of January 1st, that pre-qualification of $500,000 of yours won't be worth shit. Jack, fuck all. And what's going to happen is you pre-qualified right now before January 1st on what's called the promotional rate. So right now, promotional rate, if you call me uh, 514-240-6484, fuck, I gave my number. That's There my personal go. number. <laughs> if you call me on that number or you send me a DM on social media, you get about 2.99%. That's two We could get you 2.69, but 2.99% five years is pretty much what you'll get. As of January 1st, You could still get 2.99%. But in order for you to get that 2.99%, you have to qualify on 5%. Mm -hmm. You have to qualify on, 5%. On, on the taux directeur de la Banque du Canada. So the directing um, rate. rate, the Bank of Canada's rate, which is always at 5%. Mm -hmm. Right now it is at, at the very least. Or 2% more than what you have. The highest of both. So right now, as we speak, it means that you can still get 2.99, but your ass has to first qualify for 5%. For 5%. What they're saying is, the excuse that the government is using is saying, well, what if the rates go up? Well, if the rates go up to 5% from 3%, there's a crash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's A. Mm -hmm. Shit is going to hit the fan. The market's going to crash. The real estate market would crash. It would be pandemonium. That's A. So that's bullshit. Oh, yeah, well, we got to slow down the foreign buyers. That's what the government is saying as well. Well, that's also fucking bullshit. Why? They're, they're buying, buying cash. cash. Hello, <laughs> great listeners on their own podcast. <laughs> so that's off the bat as well. Oh, we're doing this to protect you. Really? Guys, whenever laws are passed, I'm going to invite you guys to do two things. It's no. never to protect you. A, <laughs> rarely, seldom randomly is it to protect you, but B, try to look at who benefits following the, the rich exactly. people. The rich get richer and the poor get stay poor. Right now. And we know we have a lot of condos. So if you qualified for $500,000 at the barbecue in the summer at Freddie's place and be like, hey, I got the pre-qualification and then you neglected, you didn't go visit. When January comes, that pre-qualification is jack shit. You're going to go from $500,000 duplex to $380,000 condo. 
Thank you. Mm. You said chemistry you got on this show? <laughs> Shout out to my boys. So they're trying to, in my opinion, my humble opinion, which they're trying to unload the condo market. They're trying to make sure that the condo market doesn't crash because they gave all these permits to build. They get, they sold air rights. You guys, like, air look, rights. I'll come back on another podcast yeah, yeah. talk about this, but air rights are like getting like New York City. Mm. Toronto's already there. Yeah, It's one thing to buy the land. It's another thing to the get. Hype. Yep. Okay, How okay. high can you go? Because if you could go to 30 stories, that's cool, but you're just a chump. Downtown Montreal today. If you could go to 52 stories, you just added $40 million of revenue in your pocket. So right now, a lot of people that have a lot of pull at the government. How tall is that Tour du Canadien? Tour du Canadien is 44 stories high. God damn. This it's, one it's, that we're in right now is the tallest one in Montreal. Montreal. It's 50 stories. Wow. This one that we're in right now at L'Avenue, shout out to WeWork, is 50 stories high. So you have to add about roughly $1 to $2 million of revenue per stories. So every time they go to the city and they win a story, they're winning $2 million. They will net $2 million. So if you have 30 versus 50, you take the difference, that's 20. That's you 40 do times, million. That's 40 mil. That the city made. Not not the city, the promoters. Oh. But who are the lobbyists in, in, in Ottawa? <laughs> Hell! Who's lobbying Ottawa to pass these rules? So banks are going to win. Why? Because you can't refinance anymore past January 1st. Oh, yes, Terry, I could refinance. No, your ass can't. <laughs> Why? Because you got to refinance at 5%. Mm-hmm. And if you don't qualify... They're we, gonna say, "Well, you can only refinance 380, but we, your balance." We need to talk. We yeah. need to talk. <laughs> we definitely so, need to talk. Before I leave, you guys, whoever's listening to this on FML podcast, when is this airing? Next week. Awesome. So what by book? next week, you'll be first week of December. I'll holla at your boy. Send me a DM. Get your pre-qualification before January 1st, 2018. It does not matter if you use it right away. TD Bank can go up to four months. I'll get an exemption. They'll give you six months. We'll get you guys pre-qualified and then at least you could take your time, but you got to buy before the next four or five months of 2018. But before January 18, secure your rate, secure your paper. After this, good fucking luck. In the words of that lady in Minnesota Society, hurry up and buy. Hurry up and buy. Hurry up and buy. <laughs> Until then, people, that is the end of this whole Influence Orbis, Influence Toronto whole edition. Yep. This is the end of it. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Stay influential. Later.